You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Steady Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delo Tori. And we are back. Same corner, same times. Dan, welcome back to the state of Florida. I missed you guys. Right, me and Nick enjoyed Tampa a little bit this weekend. Mm-hmm. Nick, where'd you end up uh, going to lo- our dinner? Um, we just went to Ford's, Ford's Garage because it was kind of like on the way back to 275. That's a shame. Well, you know, so if that, I had not any, a bad restaurant, but if I had any like forethought or could plan, or if I was you know half an adult, I would have had a Burns a Burns reservation and uh, would have made a whole night of it. But uh, yeah, you catch Ford at the, the local mall around here where I'm at, so yeah, I can't be catching that out of town. See, that's that's not a Gainesville place. So I have I have a strict rule: I eat at places when I'm on the road that I can't eat at in Gainesville. I respect it. Uh, Ford's is not in Gainesville. Burger was nice. Yeah, beers were cold. It's, it's not bad. Yeah, there's better places, but hey, you're you're able to make it. Uh, Corey, I hear you you were here too. Um, just spend the spend the night or just the day? No, actually, we spent the night in Orlando. Uh, drove up Friday, had some business to take care. Shout out to Brandon Hicks. His uh, him and his fiance had a uh, he, he threw a private party at, at, at the Kush house. So uh, I rushed back over after the game to go check them out, hang out with them for a little bit. Um, so I didn't stay in Tampa. I stayed in Orlando Friday and Saturday night. Good times. How was how was the concert? Tennessee. Oh, what was the vibes? Man, it was it was nuts. It was it was a ton of fun. I was able to. Uh, I got tickets to a Blake Shelton concert. So the company I work for is based in Nashville, and they have a box at, at the Bridgestone Arena. So uh, before I left town, um, I was asked if I wanted to go, which was awesome. Bunch of country music legends were there: Trace Atkins, Tracy Bird. Martina McBride, Gwen Stefani was there. Mm. Uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody. But anyway, I was sure sure was able to do that. Uh, gallivanted around town on Friday. Uh, concert Friday night, absolutely spectacular. Uh, a concert that I will remember forever. Saturday, watched the game. Um, you know, got some live music, drank a couple beers, did a couple shots. Um, spent some extra money on uh, some requests from local bands there. But other than that, man, it's a, it a great trip, perfect weather. Uh, so, but glad to be back. Uh, got a couple more weekends of things to do, and then I'll be, be off this little bender for a couple of weeks. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, I don't think the I think this is a whole 2021 bender you got going it's a, on. It's a lifestyle. That's what it sounds like. Now, <laughs> looking back in the way that I describe my life, it does seem like it's been on a constant bender. But you, I mean, just keep denying. You, uh, you, you get on here and me and Silk throw out some accusations and you deny, deny, deny. That's stand in the paint. That's right. That's right. So I got uh, I got a trip down to Fort Myers this weekend. It's my dad's 70th birthday. He's a big listener to the show. So super excited to, to see that. And the weekend after that, I get to play a member of uh, Nick's Full House uh, mm. up in Gainesville for the Tennessee game. So I'll be up there that weekend. So I'm excited to, to be back in Gainesville for the Tennessee game. Sounds good. I got to see, uh, got to meet up with some some Gator Twitter and, and and people that we know. So I got link up with uh, Eddie. Uh, okay. Stop by Annie's tailgate. Got to see Jen, uh, the, the guy Heisman. Met up with mm-hmm. a lot of those guys out there. Good time, man. Um, 
I, that was my first time actually in Temple in, in that stadium as well. Nice stadium. Not bad at all. Not bad, not bad. Um, so b- before we get into the show and the, the brunt ad read here, I want to talk a little bit about the Gator Collective. We, we forgot to talk about it last week, so we teased it the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I forgot to talk about it last week. So the Gator Collective uh, is an organization that the three of us are, are kind of quasi a part of, um, not Stadium and Gale-related connection, but um, – the, the Gator Collective, in case you haven't heard about it, uh, is an organization uh, put together by Darren Heitner, uh, Eddie Rojas, uh, Jen Grosso, and a few others uh, that are um, doing a subscription-based model uh, where there's going to be access to players, raffles, autographs, uh, to raise money for NIL. Um, and so the three of us are a part of it, helping do some content uh, as well. But but Silk, I didn't know if you wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the things that, that you've been doing. I had the, the opportunity to to host with Jeff Cardozo last night, an interview with Kamori Gamble uh, and Zach Carter. But Soak, I know you've been doing a lot, so I want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, a lot of similar to the same, same stuff you're doing. We're doing a lot of player content. we got quite a few players from the team right now that's, uh, that we're working with. Um, so just quick sit-down, short format interviews that we want to continually do uh, on a week weekly basis throughout the season. Uh, we're going to mix it up so it won't be always sitting down on the couch or anything like that. We're going to be doing some activities, going places, um, just a lot of different style content um, behind that paywall on the GatorCollective.com. Just something real dope for the team. Is this something for us? Um, I got some other things I may do with NIL in the future, but right now something that's just Gator-based for us, by us a little bit. Um, so it's, it's just fun to be, you know, uh, a part of this whole thing. And like you said, it's not a Stadium Miguel thing. It's more of a uh, – we had Jeff Cardoza. I thought that was dope what you guys did last yep. night. That turned out really well. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, go check out it. We got some good content. Support your Gator players. Uh, we had Keymore Gamble and Zachary Carter to come check, kick it with us. And also, I do a Trey Dean preview show on a Friday, um, which is called Big Coverage and brought to you by the great folks at Brown Insurance. There's <laughs> a whole lot of Gator stuff going on, man. Um, while we at it, shout out to the great folks at Brown Insurance <laughs> and Financial Services. You know, uh, anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, my man Greg is the best of the best. Um, I don't know why my landlord just asked me for a, a fresh copy of something insurance wise. I just forwarded it over to Greg and he took care of it. I don't know what she was asking for, but Greg's that type of guy. You can hit him up anytime. He's going to take care of you uh, real close to, the, to his customers. Uh, you can visit bruninsurance.com or 954-589-2204. Home, auto, business insurance, renter's insurance, motorcycle insurance, anything you need insured. My man Greg got it. I love it, man. So uh, again, check out the GatorCollective.com. I think we're up to, or, or they're up to about 550 plus uh, members. Uh, there's varying levels of membership in terms of money. Uh, all of that money uh, is is going to be going back to supporting the organization. It's going back to supporting the players. So a uh, really great uh, organization to be a part of. So check it out, the GatorCollective.com. All right, boys, coming off of uh, another Florida Gators win, uh, 42 to 20 uh, over the uh, University of South Florida. What was a game that was billed as a, a sold out stadium? Uh, did not look sold out, but uh, but definitely billed as a sold out um, stadium. The Gators get off to a, a slow start and then rattle off, I, I believe, 35 straight points. 
uh, before getting outscored 17 to seven uh, in the second half. Emory Jones was 14, uh, 22 for 151 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Anthony Richardson scores the, the highest rating on pro football focus last week, going three for three passing for 152 yards uh, with two touchdowns passing and then an additional 115 yards uh, rushing on four carries. He is the number two rusher in the SEC um, with only 11 carries uh, and just absolutely just dominating every time he gets on the field. But uh, Gators end up, like I said, with a 42 to 20 uh, win. So obviously elephant in the room. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But outside of the Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson uh, discussion, how did you guys think that that game went? And what are your, your thoughts and takeaways from that game? Um, shoot. I, in our, in our, you know, score prediction on rivals, um, I, I predicted a shutout. I mean, this is a, that might be the worst team Florida plays all year and, and Sanford's, you know, still on the schedule. So I, I expect, I guess a little bit more from the defense. Um, USF kind of had some, had some drives where they were able to move the ball pretty well. We did give um, them 13 though. We kind of his hand. Yeah. They, they had, they had a, a bunch of drives that started, you know, in plus territory. Um, you know, turnovers again. Um, so, right. I, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, a win is a win is a win. Um, but I don't feel that, you know, that was the the next step. Like, if you're trying to get better each week, I don't know if Florida got better from FAU to USC. What do you feel about the third quarter? I think all of us going to have, like, similar, similar, like, opinions about how this played out. But I thought the first half we were productive to move the ball up and down the field. Third quarter, it got <laughs> weird. Uh, and it seemed like they were kind of sharing like a series. One would go a series, then the next would go a series. In the third quarter, Emory kind of got the whole third, and we didn't score a single point. So how did you feel about the third quarter, Nick? Um, I think things started getting spooky in the third. I mean, Florida got outscored in the second half. Um, and obviously, when you get into the fourth quarter, you're playing guys, you know, uh, who probably won't even be suited up this week because you got uh, roster limitations once you get into conference play. Um I, I don't know, you know, a lot of times we say, you know, we just got to defer to Dan. He's probably forgotten more uh, about football and about quarterbacks than, you know, I'll ever know. Um, but to me, and I think I even said it Saturday, like we'll get more into it about, you know, who, which quarterback is playing, but um, it, it the offense looks different when, when Anthony Richardson's running it than Emory. And Emory mm-hmm. has some nice passes. Um, dropped the ball on a dime. I think that was to Xavier Henderson. Beautiful pass. Was it, was ball, it him or ball, Justin Shorter? Maybe? Justin Shorter dropped. Justin. He threw a dime to Shorter as well, but Shorter Oh, the one that went out of bounds. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Emery had a nice pass. I think it was the sh- Hendo. I can't remember now. Um, it was Henderson in the touchdown. Yeah. He dropped it through the sunroof. Beautiful pass yeah. in the end zone. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's, you don't get much better than that. And then you can talk about Anthony's ball where he threw it to Copeland, rolled left, had a guy's helmet in his chest as he releases it. Right. And I mean, I think he throws it 40 yards in the air off his back foot, running to running to his left uh, and, and puts that, you know, into a tissue box. Um, I, I just think it looks different with Anthony and, and and we can get into what Dan Mullen's saying about, you know, why Emery's playing over Anthony and, and missed plays and how much of the playbook, you know, but like, listen, I, if I'm missing a protection and I make the guy miss and, and run for a 15 yard gain, I'll take that, you know, that miss over, um, staring receivers down and then through and you know hitting the safety in the chest with the pass. I agree. Um yeah third quarter that's the, the takeaway I got from it. Um we was marching the ball down the field back and forth. I didn't get why the to uh 
I didn't know what the game plan was, so I don't want to question Dan. Like you say, he know mm-hmm. more, you know, forgot more football than we will probably ever know, and that's cool. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, because I I agree with that. But uh, you've seen the rhythm to the offense, um, and he's admitted that he hasn't installed a two quarterback offense. I don't know what we saw the first half, but first half both both guys were moving the ball down the field. It wasn't even moving the ball down the field for AR. He was just scoring like, as soon as he touched the rock. So it was getting like. Um, really good Thanks. first half. I was excited. Second half, we come out, um, didn't score at first, and you know, we had some drops and things of that nature. But I was expecting to see more AR. I don't know mm-hmm. exactly what's going on, but I expected the first half to kind of go like the second, but we didn't get to see that third quarter. And you see, you see some momentum kind of die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Gators, uh, Silk, you're right. The Gators go interception, interception, uh, downs, downs, uh, as their first four drives of the second half. Uh, so that's not what you want to see, you know, regardless of who's playing uh, and who you're playing. There should be no reason that the Gators are are turning over the ball four straight times uh, in to, to start the second half. Uh, Silk, I think that you've mentioned it last week. I know that the, the Twitter uh, timeline has mentioned it as well. The, the, the offense seems to hum. Players seem uh, to – uh, just jive a little bit better when Anthony Richardson's on the field. Um, I think the ball's put in a better spot uh, from what I've seen out of Anthony Richardson. Uh, I think teams are more afraid of Anthony Richardson than they are of Emory Jones. Uh, and because of that, teams have to play a different defense uh, right. when they're playing against Anthony Richardson than Emory Jones. And that's why I think you're seeing Anthony Richardson get off these, not only these long runs, but also these, these really good passes. Uh, you know, that pass to Jacob Copeland, I'm not sure if Emory Jones can make that pass. I think that he can I think, make that. I think he can make that pass, but I don't think he gets that matchup. Yes, yeah, a one on one matchup because they got to load the box because AR is the most explosive player on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get different looks because they're gonna have to account for his legs for sure, for sure. And I don't think they they, they believe he can pass the ball deep. Um, but I, I think Emory deep ball is good. Yeah, no, I I don't think that, you know, and I, I I revise what I'm what I'm saying there is I don't think that he can't potentially make that pass is I don't know if Anthony or if if Emory Jones I, I don't mean physically throw the ball I think that he can physically throw the ball oh, you mean, I don't oh, know if read. he can make that read and throw right. him open the way that Anthony Richard threw Jacob Copeland open on that pass and that's one of the things that I've noticed and we have a very small sample size right and that's what I want to remember about Anthony Richardson is despite what we've seen he's only thrown the ball 11 times right he's only uh rushed 15 times or whatever, whatever it is. So he, we, we don't have a huge sample size, but what I've seen is him throwing the ball better uh, and, and throwing open his, his receivers. I don't know if you guys are seeing the same. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know no, that I've seen sure. it. I don't, I don't know that I've seen him do it enough to, you know, like, right. like really stamp that and be like, yeah, cosign. Um, but I've got like big Felipe Franks vibes when it comes to Emery um, in terms of, and it's things I said all off season. Hey, I need to see him create or to hit those passes, those intermediate seven to 12 yard passes over the middle of the field. When you need to take something off the ball, take something off the ball, float it over a linebacker in front of the safety. I don't see that. And, and, you know, to me, everything, unless it's a deep ball, you know, like we, we mentioned the, the great deep ball they threw, unless it's one of those, you know, it, every pass looks the same. Every pass kind of fired out. Right. Um, he stares receivers down. That's, that's been an issue. And it's like, I don't, I don't need Emory Jones to be Kyle Trask and go through five progressions before, you know, going back and, and, and finding someone who's now open. Um, if the first two aren't there and you can run, take off, bro. <laughs> like Dan Mullen said, go run. What do you think run. about Emory in the run game? 
Um, I think he's. I think he's still good. I think. I don't know what the calls are, so I. I, I don't want to speak on it too much. When like, you know, when when you've got a play that to us watching the game looks like a read option, maybe it's not. Um, sometimes I feel like he, at the mesh point he's like holding on to it, you know, almost too long to the point where you're worrying that we might fumble because the running backs, you know, taking three steps away. Um, so I don't know if, if it's an actual read option, if, it, if it's just a called quarterback run, if it's you know, an actual running play. Um, but I think they need to get more, more read option stuff, more, more quarterback design quarterback runs involved with him. Um, I think Florida came out and was trying to press the, press the issue of passing more against USF after, you know, uh, being so run oriented and run heavy in the opener. Hmm. Yeah, I, th- I just don't think the run game, um, the run game even looks better with, with AR. And I think that he's a better athlete, but he also runs with more purpose, in my opinion. It looks like he's, you know, like he, he like to me, Emory looked like he's a little nimble with his running. He, he runs a little bit more dainty than I would say AR does. Um, I don't think he's a bad runner, but you could just see the difference in running styles. Um with both guys, even when open field, like AR stiff forming guys and still going, like it's not like he's going untouched and just outrunning people. He's running through people, jumping over people. It's just disrespectful running, is what it is, mm-hmm. and, and it's very different. Yeah, yeah, they're different. They're different runners. I mean, yeah, right. Anthony, Anthony's, you know, the guy that that you made in in you know NCAA football fourteen, and people are like, what do you mean you have a six foot four, two hundred forty pound quarterback who runs a four two? And you're like, yeah, that's just how I want to play the video game. Um, <laughs> and Emery's kind of just like a more elusive, more slippery. Yeah, um, he's definitely slippery. And Anthony can do, can do that, but he can also, you know, put his hand in your chest to make you think maybe baseball is my sport and football is not for me anymore. Definitely get those vibes. Um, but yeah, I mean that was just more the same. So. Anthony Richardson, Richardson comes back in in the fourth quarter. Immediately, we see spark. You know, we see the mm-hmm. team moving the ball in, like, the whole third quarter that we didn't see any of that. So, the, the reoccurring theme is that Anthony Richardson can move the ball down the field. He's more productive, uh, not getting a lot – no turnovers. Regardless of how many snaps we've seen, all we can go by is what we saw. We're not at practice. Yeah. Um, right. As fans, media, whatever you want to call us, all we see is every time this boy touches the ball, hmm. we getting six. And in, and in football, that's good things. I don't care who we playing. I mean, they, they both quarterback quarterbacks are playing the same team. So it's not mm-hmm. like they got one's playing second team, yeah. one's playing third team. They're playing the same team. One's making these teams look like USF, and, and then one's not. So I think it's kind of easy uh, for, like, the fans to make a decision. They ain't, it ain't as easy for Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a lot going on. He had to deal with a lot more than we have to deal with. But I think from a fan's perspective, um, we got a lot of questions because – Henry's been here a few years, man, you mm-hmm. know, um, and we're not seeing it as far as development-wise. And we're not giving up on him. But for what we saw, and we've got the big elephant in the room coming in this week, people got takes. Well, yeah. and we've, we've talked about it too, right? I mean, this is the, these are the guys that Emory Jones should feel most comfortable with, right? These sure. are the guys, you know, for the four years that he's been there, have been on the third team with him and on the mm-hmm. second team with him, where, you know, they should have timing down. They should have a lot of this – this, you know, communication and everything else down. And, and I just don't see it. Right. I mean, I, I saw him throw into four people in the corner of an end zone. Right. Um, right. There's just, there's decision-making, there's choices that are being made that I'm struggling with. And again, we're not the head coach. And I know Dan Mullen is very vocal about all of the things that Anthony Richardson is doing wrong. And if you want to know 
all of the things that Anthony Richardson's doing wrong that you don't see, listen to a Dan Mullen press conference and he will tell you about all of the missed reads. In fact, what looks to be like his greatest run that we've ever seen a quarterback maybe make at the university of Florida. He had three missed parts of that play, right? So if you want to hear about all the things that he's doing wrong, but what we see on the football field um, is, is just something very different and the voices are getting louder and that's. And then the Doran came on here and told us already. That's he another did, thing. So it's not like we just some goofy fans that don't know nothing. We had somebody come on here, a former player that's a media guy, that's a very educated to the game, been to practices, and he said that he didn't think that that the Emory would be the starter. And lo and behold, the, the game started getting played, and we, we, we're all wide-eyed, like, okay, Chris is probably right. So yeah. it's not just a fan thing either. Yeah. Uh, that, that throw he did, rolling out and, and throwing against his body to Copeland on the sideline, Yo, I, I was like, I got to go home. Like, <laughs> I've seen enough. Like, there's nothing else for me to see, bro. They, they started playing the Oscar music. You're like, yeah, man, that's yeah, a wrap. That's, that's a wrap. Hey, let's that's go get good. some dinner. Yeah. No, it's all good. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, that's yeah. like that's like Patrick Mahomes vibes. Like, that's elite arm talent. It's um, crazy. And, and, and not only to do it running to your left, for a right-handed quarterback, much easier to, to throw the ball running to your right, um, kind of have your momentum in it and get your back foot into it. Throwing to the left, totally different story. Um, and just, you know, just flicks the ball with a defender, you know, barreling into him. Um, so to me, I saw that and that, that's, that's just elite arm talent. You can't really teach that kind of stuff. Um, and he's got it. I, I mean, we're all kind of like, the problem now is that we're talking him up and, and the problem is, is we're, you know, kind of avoiding the elephant in the room right now in terms of, you know, an 80 yard touchdown, you're looking at it and, and probably going wild thinking this is great, and then as he crosses the goal line, reaches down, grabs a hammy, right. and now you feel nauseous. So we're sitting here talking about it, and, and you might not be even in a position to to make him the starter, play mm-hmm. him 50 snaps, because who knows you know, what's going to happen in practice this week with his treatment with the hamstring. Um, I'm told it's just a grade one um, strain, which is mm-hmm. probably best-case scenario, right. um, but he's a guy who's had um, hamstring issues dating back to high school. He's had um, – mm-hmm a couple of them in Florida as well. I mean, and, he had them in the spring. And, and a hamstring's an issue that can just keep creeping back up. Um, so, listen, he's not built the same way we are, boys. Not to not to down talk to you, Silk. I know you're, uh, you've are you been losing weight in great shape, but Anthony Richardson is not made of the same stuff we are. Dan, you're no, fine, no, too. My hamstring's <laughs> trash. Dan, wow. we're made, Dan, we're made of bourbon. <laughs> that's, that's just why I feel, I feel offended. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to get Reed on back on the show? Anthony's not made of the same stuff we are. He will heal much quicker than we do. Um, but hamstrings are hamstrings are tricky, and it's something that yeah. can just keep popping back up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys want to talk anything about uh, more about Anthony Richardson. I mean, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, out there. Um, you know, I think Emory Jones is going to start you know, no matter what Anthony Richardson's right. um, health is. Uh, you're going to continue to see Emory Jones until there's literally no way that he can start Emory Jones, in my opinion. Um, but I do want to give a couple of shout outs. Uh, Damian Pierce on his touchdown. I want to give him a shout out. Uh, really good, um, good balance, uh, nearly tackled, puts his hand down, uh, able to uh, to get into the end zone score. Uh, the first touchdown of the game. So great play by him. 
Uh, Dewan Black um, had a couple of plays on special teams, really looked like a menace out there. Um, first, first playing uh, was involved on the first uh, special teams play and on the second one. So uh, congratulations to him. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the star position? Um, that's something that we going into the season talked about the kind of plethora of options that existed back there. Uh, wasn't sure how that position would play out. Obviously you lose a potential guy in Kamar Wilcoxon who's out for the year. Um, but one of the things that I'm seeing is, is that position is, is struggling a lot. Um, we've seen a lot of different players play that position. Uh, and a, a lot of players get beat this season uh, in that position. What do you guys do? at star I, i'm loving perkins i think he, yeah. i think he showed showed out a little bit against fau i, I think he had try a, him on the outside though that's what i mean like like a steel line from you it's spooky season at, at cb2 um it is. it's crazy over there yeah it's not great um but i think he's he was all over the field um was it him that had the interception called back for for a penalty or was it somebody yeah. else mm-hmm. um i mean that's a tough position, and and Florida really hasn't had anyone been able to do it since Chauncey Gardner. Um, so I think, man, from a from a kid that you were almost thinking, you know, of all the transfers that that Florida got, he kind of just like fell by the wayside. Really wasn't being talked about too too much. Um, I think no, he's I think I had him like I had him like top two on my star snaps on, on the bicep. Yeah, uh, I do. I would like to see what what Elijah Blaze looked like when he gets back because he's dealing with some some hammy issues, I think, as well. Um, so I would like to see maybe Elijah Blaze. Got, we've been it's been hard to find a star, so I wouldn't mind Perkins staying there. Um, but that outside corner spot is gonna get picked on this week. Mm-hmm. Like USF and FAU picked on it. So um, who's ever on that side, bro? Better come to play some football Saturday because they're gonna get a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Um. What would you do right there? Uh, if, if Elijah Blaze can't go, will you start in the young boy or are you going with uh, him? Uh, I mean, as high as high as, on J- as Jason Marshall as I've been, like he hasn't, he's looked like a freshman. Um, yeah. And, you know, not burying him by any means, but he's looked like a freshman. Um, 24 has not looked it. Like he, you, you no. ain't that guy. You, you, or you haven't been that guy. Um, I mean, maybe Marshall. I, if, if people are getting cooked, you might have to slide Perkins over there. Um, but like you, like you just said, Silk, I'm, I'm looking at it and thinking, like, Bryce Young has looked good, and, and he will pick apart whoever is not, you know, Kyrie Elam. Yeah, no, I am um... – I'm unsure what to do. I mean, you guys just said it, uh, you know, Marshall, um, has made some plays. He's made a lot of mistakes, a couple big penalties, a couple 15 yarders, uh, this season, um, Helm, you know, he's got good closing speed, but that's about it. He's, he's been getting beat, uh, over the top underneath to each side of him. I'm just not really sure what you do. Cause Perkins is the only one that is playing, you know, seemingly pretty well at that star position and, you know what does Alabama do? They're gonna they're gonna go against who's ever not Kyrie Elam, who looked great uh, against USF. So wherever you put Perkins, you know whether it's at CB two or at Star, they're gonna go after whoever is not Jadarius Perkins first, and then they'll go mm-hmm. after Perkins second. So I'm not really sure what you do. Um, you know Alabama's number two, number three, number four wide receivers this year haven't been, you know and not saying that they ever should be your Devontae Smith or your Jason Waddles, but are your um, uh, Jalen Waddles. Uh, but I, I'm very concerned. 
about what the Gators have uh, at CB2. You have potential, uh, but I think the Gators need Elijah Blades and they need to be able to get him out there because right now this this team is struggling um, at cornerback. Yeah, I know a lot of people were asking me. Um, I, I take the binoculars out of the game and like find him because I, I I don't recall seeing him warm up. And people are like, "Where's Where's Blades? Why isn't he playing?" Um, and, and then found him, you know, in, in street clothes. But if if he can go, like, listen, like like Silk said, you know, some of the if you're getting cooked against FAU and, and USF, you're going to be food for Bama. So um, yeah. you got to find. You gotta find someone there that can, you know, and them in the way of a transfers are looking valuable, bro. Sure, Elijah Blaze. Everybody was saying, "Why are we taking these guys?" Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I, um, I need I need Elijah Blaze to suit up against uh, Alabama. Sure. I, know, I know that he's got a hamstring issue and sat out this week. And um, you know, we're talking a little bit. Of- on Twitter about it's not that game maybe to try to get fully healthy for Alabama. It's probably not worth re-aggravating that injury against a game that you know that you're going to win. Uh, but the Gators don't seem to have a lot of options uh, at CB2 right now. Um, I think that Nick Marshall or um, uh, I think Jason Marshall will will improve and get better uh, over time, but he, he did not look good in game one or game two. Yeah, uh, cornerbacks need to have a short memory. Um I don't think he's having an issue with that. I just think he needs to wrap his head around, do something. Um, and also, we we're judging this cornerback play, but we also uh, got a, 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 a cornerback coach that's auditioning as well uh, to yeah. the fans. He's mm-hmm. new to us as well. Um, so we're also judging him a little bit with how these guys develop over the season. Uh, right now, that position got to get better straight up. Like, he's yeah. not looking good. Right now, it's tough. Um, want to give a shout-out to uh, Rashard Torrance. I thought that he played well. Uh, Trey yeah, Green he did. Played well. Um, let's see. Uh, and then we saw a little bit of, uh, a little bit more of Michael Tarquin, a little bit more mm-hmm. Josh Braun, uh, mm-hmm. in this game, but do want to give Gene DeLance a shout out, uh, pro football focus graded him uh, as the best run blocker, uh, in this game. Um, so I, I think that a lot, and, and you can only judge based on what we've seen thus far, but this Gator offensive line does look a bit better than I think that we all expected, right? We don't know. They haven't played Alabama. They haven't played the SEC, but against FAU and against USF, they've done what what they've needed to do and and maybe more. Yeah. They look like a solid group so far. Uh, I think them having that mentality of they're running the ball changes a little bit too. It seems like Uh, we dropped back so much last year because of Kyle Strong suit. Like they Mm -hmm. just wasn't had that mentality. It's such a mentality thing when you're running the ball. Well, yeah, they have looked better. Shout out to Lance, man. Um, he caught a lot of heat over the last two years, man. So, you, like, you got to give these guys they flowers when they're playing well. He is playing better. So, shout out to Gene DeLance. Um, now, overall, too, like, we had a, a, a historic day offensively, right? We put up yep. some crazy, like, production. Uh, the offense did, like, 600 and something yards, almost 700 yards of offense. I think it's, like, fifth most all-time. Uh, we just got some turnovers and some some spots on the team where we where we got to fix uh, get going into SEC play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you know, overall Gators get what six hundred and sixty seven yards. What, Nick was at the fifth most they've had in a game. Is that what I read? Maybe that would require me to do homework. No, mm-hmm. that, that's fine. I, I think that I think that I've read that the Gators still lead fifth, the country fifth most uh, most since two thousand eight. Okay, so the Gators still are uh, leading the country in rushing. Uh, obviously, you're seeing a, a lot. You know, they they had 
Anthony Richardson for 115 yards, Emory Jones for 81 yards. Damian Pierce averages almost 11 yards a carry. Uh, Naquan Wright uh, gets seven carries for 36 yards. Bowman gets three rushes for 33 yards. Still a guy I think needs to get the ball a little bit more. Malik Davis kind of reverts a little bit back to where he was um, before the season. But, you know, again, a one-size sample, seven carries for 22 yards. And Lorenzo Lingard gets five carries for, uh, for 21 yards. And, again, shout-out to Jacob Copeland, two touchdowns. Xavier Henderson uh, with a touchdown. Um, and ultimately getting a lot of players uh, involved. So all in all, Gators uh, go 2-0 heading in uh, to Alabama, which is exactly what you want. Uh, the Gators will play at 3.30 against Alabama. Uh, and if you're going to talk about Alabama, you can't do it without bringing on uh, one of the, the legends of, of Alabama football uh, with the Tuscaloosa News, uh, Cecil Hurt. Cecil, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this evening, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk to a uh, talk to an Alabama legend. Thank you. For a long time, it's still one spot. Well, perfect. Well, see, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about the Florida Alabama game. A little bit about. Alabama as a whole. Uh, Alabama obviously replacing a, a ton of, of talent on their team uh, that went and left early for the NFL draft or graduated. Uh, who are some of the playmakers on this this new Alabama team, and, and who should we be looking out for uh, on the offense and defensive side of the ball? Well, it's time for Bryce Young. Everything's going to him this year, uh, and he can make plays. He's a different kind of quarterback than Mac. You know, Mac was was a, had an unbelievable year last year, Mac Jones, but wasn't a guy that was going to pull it down, run it for big yardage, um, escape in the pocket necessarily. He had a little bit of that, but not like Bryce does. Um, so beyond the quarterback, which is obviously the first thing you look at, they've got um, good receivers, John Mechie, uh, the freshman JoJo Earl that they really like. Uh, Contrary to popular belief, when the Heisman Trophy winner leaves, they do not have another Heisman Trophy winner who's in turn. This is the end. So, um, but, but those are good receivers. Natchez is a really good receiver. Earl, Slade Bolden has some experience. Um, and they're really doing running back by Kennedy, um, using Brian Robinson. Trey Sanders, who's coming back from really a terrible car accident. I looks close to 100%. But freshman Kamar Wheaton, I think, would give him a kind of a home run threat there. He's injured. He's been banged up. So, um, those are some of the guys to watch offensively. Uh, defensively, um, you know, they lost Chris Allen who was, uh, in the first game, so a foot. Um, who was first-team preseason All-SEC. Uh, Will Anderson, who's first-team preseason All-American, um, sounds like he, he'll probably make it to Gainesville, be able to play a little bit. Probably won't practice this week. Got, got locked on the knee against Mercer and, and missed most of the second half, which uh, had people concerned, but it, uh, he didn't practice today or is in practice. Uh, I think he'll be available to play against Florida edge rusher. He's 
Henry Toto as a transfer. They've got lots of young guys in the secondary too. Really athletic. So uh, more of a defensive oriented team than last year's team, which could just outscore them. Well, obviously, Alabama has, has no shortage of, of talent. They recruit better than anybody in the country. Uh, they have uh, the best coach in college football history. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not technically uh, maybe there is maybe one minor um, deficiency that they have. So what are what are some of the weaknesses that Alabama may have? They're still putting together an offensive line. You know, they've got three guys in the NFL or, you know, Landon on his reserve, Landon Dickerson. But it's, it's a second round draft choice. Um, you know, Leatherwood is up there. So, so you know, they don't have quite the, the depth that they had last year on the offensive line. I think it would come, but it's not done. It hadn't done that yet. So, I don't know if you would call it a, a weakness, but you would expect them to go out and you know, shove Mercer around. See, so you've, you've covered Nick Saban for a while. Um, is he in rare form? This, this, I mean, the last two weeks, really, it was the rat poison was before Mercer. Um, I saw him slamming the podium after Mercer. Um, is he just creating exactly what he, he needs to in his team before they, you know, they head to Gainesville for their first true away game? Yeah, I think it's a combination. Um, you know, they, they played FCS along the way, you know, last year was different because every game was an SEC game. We had lots of seniors on that team. We didn't have to do very much of the, the old time gospel motivation that he <laughs> used last week. But Florida, Alabama and Florida because of the quirks of the SEC schedule, I would not call it right. But they played so frequently in the SEC championship game, including last year. Um, Alabama has so many guys from Florida that everybody knows this is a big game. It doesn't have to be. I, I don't. You never know. He can always come in and pound the podium about something, but I don't think. <laughs> pound the podium until Miss Terry tells him to stop it and then he'll, he'll behave for, for a week or two. Um, to be honest, be perfectly honest. Yes. If she told him to stop it, he would stop it. <laughs> then it would get worse. <laughs> she, Put that cork she, in the bottle and shake it up. And so it helps you in the short run. Is this more, um, Alabama and, and probably I, I can't remember exactly who the offense coordinator was, but Nick did a really good job with seeing that college football was changing. You had to have this spread or at least dynamic offense. Is this more of an, an, an older school kind of Nick Saban team? You mentioned that the defense, and I think the defense has the potential to be better this year than they were last year while you have some younger guys on offense trying to, you know, uh, you know, get, get their feet wet. Well, the offensive coordinators that they've had recently, um, since he really made that transition when he decided that that was the transition he was going to make, he went higher than Lane. If 
uh, who was great. Uh, Brian Dayball, who's been a big success in in the NFL with Buffalo. Um, and then Sars, the Sarkeesian, who did not look great last Sunday night, but uh, that doesn't change his credentials as an Is Bill O'Brien more old school than that? You know, who's the head coach in state? And, uh, got mixed reviews with the Texans, although he was the head coach, he wasn't coordinator. I mean, I think Bill knows offense. Um, I just don't know if he has the, the weapons that, that they've had at their disposal last year. But Nick's, Nick's adaptable. When he had Derrick Henry, he could get Derrick the ball for him. Um, you don't get Derrick Henry every year. When he had Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, he spread it around and throw it around. So, uh, but yeah, about 2014, they, they made a decision when they hired Lane. This, that college football was changing, and instead of waiting for it to change or being stubborn about it, um, they would change themselves. That's what makes the great coaches great. You know, they don't wait around until somebody comes up with an innovation and then tries to catch up. Uh, they try to stay ahead of the curve if they possibly can. Whether that was Coach Bryant 50 years ago or whether it's Nick. And uh, Kevin O'Sullivan, the baseball coach, always tells me, he goes, good players make a, uh, make a, a decent coach look great. And I'm sure that's also helped uh, with the way they've recruited and the guys they've gotten in. Just listening to you kind of rattle off those names uh, of guys who are now playing in the NFL, um, the amount of talent that they've had at Alabama is just astonishing. Well, um, Nick was a very good recruiter at LSU and came back in from the Dolphins. Uh, it was a combination. He's a very good recruiter, very good evaluation staff. But his first full year was just an unbelievably loaded year in the vicinity. Julio Jones was in Poland. Marcel Darius was in Birmingham. Um, Mark Ingram was from Michigan, but he had a family connection with the Indians. So between really a value of Barrett Jones, his family, Alabama legacy, dad played basketball here, so forth. So some fortuitous circumstances, but Nick went and got those guys. And once it's going, once that got rolling, you know, then there's always been the support, you know, even through the probation, even now and now winning the conference for, for um, a decade or so, which sounds impossible now, but it happens. Everything goes in cycle. Um, but there's always been support. The facilities have always been good. Um, the, the financial backing, the political backing has always been good. So everything's set up for them to recruit once they're in that SEC championship in 08, once they're national champions in 09, yeah, then, then the snowball starts rolling. Now, and probably for the last 
five or six years, um, they can go where they want to. In California, they have Tom Metchich from Canada, although he played in New Jersey. Um, they can go to any of those places and get kids. You know, I, I like this. Uh, a kid who grew up an Ohio State fan, who grew up a Texas fan, although they went and got Brock Myers, who grew up Texas fans last year. Uh, everybody answers the phone call. Everybody wants to take the business. And you know, Florida, Florida, similar. It's you know, it's so blessed with the number of players that are in the state, which the state of Alabama is not. Um, at the level Alabama's playing right now, they'll sound five, six, seven guys in the state, and then but then they can go to South Florida, they can go to Atlanta, they can go to Louisiana, they can go to Texas, they can go to California, and get guys. So, um, as long as that keeps up, and I'm going to assume it just goes up, as long as Nick's the head coach, then, then they'll have a chance every year. They don't win every year. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't have to remind Gator fans of uh, how many Florida guys Nick Saban has on that roster. I think uh, all the fans listening to this podcast can probably uh, you know, rattle them off. Yeah, and, and you know, Pretty, pretty deep in that. Some of them went to the IMG from various you know, home locations, but, but a lot of them, you know, played at the major schools in, in Florida. Um, you know, Florida couldn't keep. I mean, there's more than 25 down there. They couldn't keep everybody. And you know, Alabama taking guys that might have gone to Florida, might have gone to Miami, might have gone to Florida State, um, but they're, you know, they're strong in South. Florida. Hey Cecil, um, I think our shot at beating Alabama this weekend is if, if we could maybe the crowd could get active and get get into Bryce Young's head. Is he is he the type of guy to get maybe thrown off mentally? Bryce, yeah, it's a good point in that Bryce is very poised and very mature. I don't interviews or, or how much of the first two games you've gotten to see. Uh, he's not easily rattled. He's been a you know, high school phenom for four years in a very good league in California, but now has he ever run out there? And there was the, the Georgia Dome was essentially full from Miami. It was mainly Alabama. So has he ever had 90,000 hostile fans on him? No, he hasn't. So it'll be something he'll have to adjust to and learn to uh, learn to deal with. And you don't know until you see somebody do it how they're going to respond to it. Um, you know, the last time of the unusual nature of the 2020 season, this will be the first time since the Auburn game in 2019 that they've been in front of an SEC crowd, possible SEC crowd. And they lost that.
for what Nick accomplished uh, is the biggest game on everybody's schedule. And so it's a program-making game if you can win that game. Now, Florida, Florida certainly has a chance. They certainly have a chance of tearing down the goalposts and do it. Well, no, we don't tear down goalposts and stuff like that, Cecil. Big big boy football over here. Hey, fair enough. Uh, Ole Miss sure does. I'll probably see that. <laughs> Auburn, Auburn they, they all, if they don't all get trapped at the edges, Auburn. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's the target game on, on Florida's schedule along with Georgia. Target game on Texas A&M's schedule, on Auburn's schedule, on LSU's schedule, on Ole Miss's schedule. Um, if you can pull that off, you know, then it changes your, it can change your program. Uh, see, so what does does Florida need to do to potentially beat Alabama on Saturday? Sound defensively, try and tackle. Rice, I'm not a, I'm not big on advocating all of you who are hitting and burning and that kind of football, but you know, there's good clean pressure and good clean hits that you could you could execute and that would help. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, that'd be that'd be all new for Bryce. Um need to in a certain way, and this is not Every game, somebody asks about what is the team to do. I'm always going to say, don't turn the ball over. You can't afford to turn the ball over. You can't get out of bounds. Big stick, blocked punt last week for a touchdown. Um, you know, their 2016 team had so many non offensive touchdowns, like seven non offensive touchdowns. Um, so, so you, you want to avoid that while still um, making plays. And, and, you know, a very good example was the SEC championship game. And Florida um, made plays. They can make it plays. And, uh, they did hurt themselves a couple of times. But um, if Florida can do that, and, and particularly in a in the home environment. Well, perfect. Well, Cecil, we definitely appreciate you you coming on and joining us this evening. Remind everybody where they can follow you on Twitter um, and keep up with the game. That's that Yeah, Florida can run Kyle Pitts up there. I think Dan's inquiring. I think Dan's inquiring about eligibility. He's only played one game in the NFL. Maybe he can come back. But he didn't even really play, so they got to give another shot to him. There you go. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, just at Cecil Hurt and Hutsfordsandnews.com. Appreciate, uh, appreciate the support. Appreciate, uh, you know, I occasionally turn up in the game to play for <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Cecil, we definitely appreciate it. We hope that you're feeling better. Um, and thank you so much for uh, for your time this evening. And um, we'll look forward to uh, to a good game on Saturday. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cecil. Have a great night.
I mean, he's been around for a while and he's just rallying off these players. And it's almost like, remember that, that um, there's a clip of, of Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson were being like, uh, they were teeing off together. Mm-hmm. And the starter is like listing all of Tiger Woods, like tournament wins and major wins. And at that point, Phil hadn't, you know, hadn't won a major yet. And he's like, all right, all right, all right, I got it. And yeah, as Cecil's like running through the players that Alabama has had, I'm just like, yeah, man, we get it. Really good yeah. at recruiting. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. 70 in the NFL. Got it. Thanks. Yeah, let's just let's get let's get the Cliff Notes version of how many good players have played in Alabama. Yeah. No, and, and we appreciate you guys for, for listening through uh, to that interview. Uh, obviously, some audio issues as well. So we apologize there. Um, Cecil also, um, Nick, do you know much? I, I know that he was in an accident about eight months ago. Um, but but I know that it's a miracle that he's able to, to join us. And we definitely appreciate his, in, uh, his encyclopedic knowledge uh, about Florida and, uh, and Alabama. Yeah, he's, he's doing well. Um, had, a, uh, had, had the car accident a while back, but... Uh, we saw him at, at SC Media Days in in July. When was that? When it was in July? Uh, that sounds right. First, first time you know traveling in a while. So uh, he's he's a legend in Alabama. He's you know the columnist there in, in Tuscaloosa, and uh, they uh, they love Cecil. He he is a great follow on Twitter too. He's not just all, all about Alabama. Um, he's got uh, some probably PG rated silk sass on the top. Oh, okay, mm. yeah. He's a, he's a good follow. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like to see PG silk. I don't know how that works out. Well, you, well, you're PG thirteen now. Yeah, yeah, I changed my life a little bit. Yeah, silk used to be an NC seventeen guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to yeah. change some things. Silk would have gotten blocked like on a on a high school's on a high had, school's Wi Fi back in the day. I had more questions for um for Cecil, but I know we get to all of them. Tough with the tough with the audio. I mean, tough for most people, for most people, it's an audio only platform. Do we know how healthy Alabama is? Because they got some questionable guys out there as well. Uh, I think both Nick and Dan will be playing the games as far as, like, health-wise. Or, or do we believe Nick when he says, like, health-wise, where they're at? Um, yeah, I, I probably tend to believe Nick more than, than Dan right now in terms of, you know, who's healthy. Um, I think the big one would be Will Anderson, who left the Mercer game, and Cecil hit on that. Um, Saban said they're very encouraged, um, may not practice on Monday. Um, but it, it sounded like the vibes Saban was giving off is that, that he would be able to play. That's someone who you would rather, you know, we just talked up, talked up Gene DeLance and it's not about Gene DeLance. Uh, Anderson's a guy you'd rather just not having line up over any of your, any of your offensive linemen. That's, you know, he, he's a guy that'll live in the backfield. Yeah, no, I certainly hope he's healthy and, um, is fully back and, and recovered by, by Sunday. Um, <laughs> you know, I think Saturday would be a little bit too too quick to rush him back. Reckless. Uh, you know, I think eight, eight or nine days uh, off would be good for Will Anderson. Um, I, I I don't know other than that if they have any major injuries. I do know, uh, Silk, that their big question marks are on the offensive line. They are replacing a lot of different folks. Um, he mentioned, um, obviously, a couple of players that got drafted last year. Um, but I believe it's their right guard, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, that's been struggling quite a bit this season. Um, and, and they've, they've not blocked the way that, that you think Alabama should block, um, in their, their, their two toss up games, not toss up games, two layup games, Miami and Mercer, um, you know, both, both teams, you know, were able to, to get, you know, past, uh, the offensive line now, 
you know, Florida is infinitely more talented than Mercer and substantially, and if not close to infinitely more talented than Miami. Uh, so you have to to hope that Florida's ability with, you know, not only Zach Carter, Chris Bogle, you know, Newkirk and the rest of the gang uh, that they're able to, to get to the quarterback, but uh, be able to Bryce, or rattle Bryce Young early uh, in the game too is going to be uh, very important for the Gators. Yeah, I think if we're going to have a shot at winning this game, it's going to be one right there. Our pass rush and being there to create some turnovers and some havoc in that loud stadium. Um, that's how we're going to be able to beat Bama. That's, that's my hope right now. What are you about to say, Nick? Uh, you, I, you, I mean, he said that, you know, Bryce has been composed and poised in interviews. Um, I, I just think that the Swamp has the potential to be another player um, and it has the potential to rattle – a guy who's, you know, in his third year as a starter at an SEC school, let alone, um, you know, a, a person, a player truly making their first road start. I know their opening game uh, wasn't at home, uh, but it's a neutral site game. And uh, I, I, I bet you dollars to donuts there were more Bama fans uh, than Miami fans at that game. Uh, maybe not online, but but certainly in the stands. Um we watched Bo Nix, I think it was 2019. Bo Nix come in, and he was a freshman. Um, just crumble, not be able to handle it. Um, and I think you'll have more fans um, at this game than you had at that game. Uh, Dan, you mentioned the uh, alleged sellout last week. I think it'll be an actual sellout uh, this week in Gainesville. And what difference can the Gator fans make? And I, and I think, you know, if they want to take this as a challenge, like, hey uh, – challenge you guys to show up and be loud Saturday um, because I think that you need to hopefully get some procedural issues on Alabama, mm -hmm. some snap count issues because of how loud it is. Maybe get into Bryce's head and um, it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. How long can Florida stay in the game? You know, do you come out and throw a pick six early and take the crowd out of it? I think it's going to be important for Florida to come with a game plan that allows the fans to, to stay in the game as well. Yeah. Yeah. We got to make that place, that place loud. I do do I do think damn let's just talk about this. Do you think we've been cuffing plays a little bit? I think we all agree that we've been cuffing plays. Um mm -hmm. Dan came out and I think he kind of put himself in a little situation. I think sometimes he talks too much, but um him saying that he didn't he hasn't installed his two quarterback offense and, and, and Copeland kind of agreeing with him that they've been holding plays back. I think you open yourself up to like this week of like more eyes trying to see okay what's new since um you're incorporating your two quarterback system and you're unleashing new plays right um, everyone's but, like bet yeah okay you you have you've been vanilla the first two weeks bet let's see it yeah let's see what's up yeah um, and, and that's a that's a thing too right i mean you florida's gonna have to put something unique on the offense right and and fans are going to expect it right when you say things like that and now you've got eyeballs on not only your ability to call those plays uh, but your ability to execute those plays. And right now this team, you know, at the well, it's quarterback position. Obvious. He's handcuffing some things. I haven't seen a – have we seen a tight end target? We have not seen a – we definitely don't have a tight end catch, and if we've seen a target, it has been a, a very loose maybe – maybe oh, Nick Elksness. Nick Elksness had a pass uh, that was overthrown in the end zone. First target um, tight end all year. Right. Who had that on their bingo card? You know, game two, Nick Elksness – first tight end attempt of the season yeah he's gonna design something he's gonna slip somebody uh for a first down or in, out in the flats i know he just got tight end stuff dialed up dan's gonna scheme some things um i know we have been playing vanilla we're not, we're not seeing a lot of trickery 
trickery going on. It's just been a kind of a lot of, a lot of straightforward things. Uh, I think we'll see a lot more play action. I'm just excited to see what the game plan is. Um, and how healthy Anthony is. I think if we got a healthy Anthony Richardson, a loud swamp, things will get spooky. I'm ready to lie as more yeah. of the show goes on, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is Getting this closer. is your time, right? I mean, Alabama's replacing basically their entire coaching staff. I mean, although their defensive line coach is a former NFL player, so like our former NFL head coach. So, like, right. what are you like replacing? But you know, at the end of the day, you have a, a young quarterback. You have an offensive line that's that's almost brand new, and you have a lot of new players, and you have some players that are highly recruited guys and highly regarded guys, but still haven't maybe shown that that potential yet. Um, they look like the best team in the world right now, though. By far, they sure do. By far, um, there was a couple people came on here and said they thought Georgia would probably be the more of a threat this year. That that's hogwash at this point. Um, Bama Bama looks good top to bottom. Um, they don't look like the usual Bama where they got this one kid that could just kill everybody on offense. Right. I think sure. they're, they're balanced. Uh, I think Bryce is doing a good job of spreading the ball around a little bit. Um, so they look a little bit more beatable. But as a, as a whole unit, I don't think nobody's looking better than them. And I don't think they got in their bag either. I don't think right. they had to pull out no, no big plays and no trickery for, for Miami or Mercer. It's kind of like the same thing. I, I tend to think, you know, that the whole, well – our team, our coach was vanilla and we didn't show anything. Uh, I tend to think that's a, you know, that's cap that, you know, you're just, you're just caping for, for, uh, you know, either a bad game plan or a bad game or under, you know, underachieving. Um, but there's also some truth to it. Like you're not going to show everything against FAU and USF who you, you can, you can probably just go through the motions and beat. Um, you're not going to show everything, but you're not going to show everything, to Alabama, you'll have wrinkles that you didn't run against Alabama for the Georgia game or for LSU or even for the following week against Tennessee. Um, you know, in, in that same breath, I think you throw everything you can at Alabama that you feel comfortable running. Um, but I, I, I don't know if I totally subscribe to the Florida's been, you know, blatantly vanilla um, to try it to hide stuff. And not, well, maybe maybe that's just the flavor of the season. No, no, no! I don't think so. You think there's some, there's some pistachio, there's some, yeah, some rocky sure. road. Just, like that's the, the first sets. flavor of ice cream you think of. Yes, yeah, he's a weird. Guy. Cookie dough. I don't, I don't even like pistachio ice cream, honestly. Why the hell did you mention it? I don't know. Just like pistachios, but ice cream's a bit much. Yeah. I know people that yeah. like it. Just not my thing. I'm not really <laughs> I, an ice cream guy. Either. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You, you, you rolled. I was, was flabbergasted. <laughs> Sorry, Rocky Road. I went Rocky Road after Moose Tracks. I don't know, man. I was, I was befuddled. Anyway, silk as you were. I forgot what we were talking about. Good, barely ice cream. This is an ice cream podcast. Uh, you were talking about uh, our vanilla play. Yeah, I think we haven't seen a lot of sets, man. I just know like Dan's keeping this thing vanilla. I don't think he's got into the whole bag of of running these quarterbacks. I think we're gonna see some design QB runs and and wrinkles that we just haven't seen before, man. You, you talk about like two quarterbacks next to each other, like a read option kind no, of looking play, hand the ball off, ah, throw it, roll out, the throw Jacoby the ball. Brissett, Jeff, Bris- Jeff Driscoll situation. Jeff Driscoll I lied was about, a, a I lied about Kurt Roper keeping it vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm ready to admit some things. <laughs> still, still, still like, listen, you think I'm not going to lie about Dan yeah. Mullen keeping it vanilla? Yeah, right. I was talking about Brent Pease being an offensive genius. I thought he was keeping it vanilla. I thought he was keeping it vanilla. Then he started doing seventy-five motions. The next week, I was like, "Okay, now nah, this is really his thing." 
Um, <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking run for a thousand for, yards just and back to fourth in a game. Yeah, I'm looking for you know, hey, both quarterbacks on the field at the same time. A little handoff, roll out, hit somebody, drag him from the other side of the field, hit a deep ball. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of things you can do. As long as you want to know hamstrings healthy. I saw a really cool play that Presbyterian, which is like this like real small school that played Fort Lauderdale University, which I didn't know existed. Is that the one that beat one, FSU? Nah, close. Close. Um, but no, they had this one like jet sweep. And as they handed off the ball, the wide receiver or the cornerback that had coverage on that wide receiver, like obviously broke to go make a tackle on that jet sweep. And he just like almost like flagged football, just passed it right over that cornerback and they were able to, to swing it through. But what do you guys expect to see out of this, um, out of this offense? Do you expect to see more tight end involvement? Uh, I mean, what more do you think outside of vanilla play calling uh, are you expecting? Are you expecting more re are more motions, more jet sweeps? What are you expecting? I, I, I hope we get some like design QB runs and also just like some tempo on uh, a little bit of pace several times in both of these games, FAU and USF, I was like, yeah, why are we going to pick up a pace a little bit and keep this thing, especially when you're a running team. Um, when you got a team on their heels and you're running the ball, I think pace is important. So uh, I think that's the key to the game. I think that's something different that we'll see a new wrinkle. Um, AR just being able to do some things. With a healthy AR, I got a, I got a question for y'all. Healthy AR, what do y'all want the splits to be? If he's healthy, we're just playing what if land. Well, you want to count the, the count snap split to be for this week or like in general? Yeah, this week. In this week, sixty forty AR. Um, I don't think that you'll see that. I no. think no, 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 no. He, he, I, I, you're the head coach now, Dan. That's mm. this. That's the question. You're the head coach. Well, so if I was the head coach, you're not Dan Thompson. You're Dan Mullen. Very good, elite, elite Dan's over here. Um. I think if I was a head coach, then I would play Anthony Richardson 80% of the game. I, you know, at the end of the day, I don't have an allegiance to Emory Jones because I'm Dan Thompson, not Dan Mullen. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that Anthony Richardson gives you a better chance to win that game. Um, I think one of the, the reasons that I'm seeing is Emory Jones was successful because of how diabolically different he was than Kyle Trask. And that's, the position that I'm gravitating towards. And I don't think that Emory Jones is untalented. I don't think that Emory Jones can't potentially have some success this season, but I'm guessing that the reason that Emory Jones was as successful as he was coming in for relief for Kyle Trask is because of how different he was and teams not really knowing what to expect. Yeah. I would, I would want to go into that game with like a, a 60, 40 split in mind. Like Dan, like, like Nick is saying, right. So I go on with that in mind because you you never know what you're gonna see from AR. He may struggle too, uh, and you may need like and Emory may know more of the playbook. Like he may, he may have you go deeper in the playbook. So certain things you may need Emory for. Emory may get a hot hand. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But my mindset going in would be 60-40. And, and if the hot hand AR get a hot hand like he's done these first two games, I'm with I'm with uh, Dan with that eighty. You know, um, mm -hmm. leaning towards that. That's just us playing make believe. If and I think that that can go. Healthy. I think that that can go both ways. I mean, I think that if Emory has you know a good game, is able to put the ball where he needs to, avoids turnovers. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I'm seeing right now is not just errant passes. It's it's some of the decision making. The game is that pass looks like it's going. Go ahead. Yeah, 
that pass to Whitmore was 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 crazy late. With that, uh, my with wife that second interception? Me, yeah, like he yeah. was open. It yeah. was just extremely late. And, and I'm just like, yo, what was he looking at? Why is it processing that late? You know, at this point in his career, it should be clicking a little faster. Mm-hmm. And if not, if you do process it that late, yo, you'll tuck that and run. Yeah. You know, like have the, the awareness and the wherewithal to know that, yo, I'm kind of late on this. You got to have a clock in your head. Yo, that's late. Um, it's probably going to get picked up. I got to go. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that that's that's Real where quick. my head's at about this whole thing. I mean, I think that Emory Jones has capabilities to be able to, to be a good quarterback. Um, I think that he's elusive when he runs. He's very slippery. He's able to make a lot of players miss. He moves the ball forward. It's just we're missing that that – big time decision-making and and you can't have, I mean, Cecil mentioned it. You can't have turnovers and win this game. You know, Emory Jones has four interceptions against USF and FAU. Yeah. I think before the uh, SC championship game last year, I said, you know, you've got to play at least like plus two in turnovers. And I think Florida got there, but then trading gets, you know, cold cocked and, uh, and fumbles um, one of them. But you've got to be plus in the in the turnover margin, probably by two or more. Um, I think you're going to have to you're going to have to sustain some drives. You're going to have to get off the field as well. Um, and, and I watched USF put together some long drives. They had like a 16 yard, 75 play drive um, mm-hmm. against Florida. I think Bama's has got the the ability to do that. They also have the ability to score quickly. Um, so I think you know we're going to need to. Uh, watch how can how does florida react to alabama can you get off the field on third down um can you get after the quarterback we've seen fau and usf in back-to-back weeks really try to take away florida's pass rush by just getting the ball out quick and these are like these are like no progression passes it's just three-step drop you're throwing a quick slant three-step drop or you know you're in the shotgun it's just catch turn and pass to kind of negate that i think alabama might have some of that as well but you're gonna have to get um, you know, get into the backfield and pressure Bryce Young. What what units you guys think we have the advantage at, if any? Um, I would say our defensive line against their offensive line right now. Um, you know, the, the defensive line didn't cause as much havoc as I thought that they would uh, in terms of, um, you know, sacks and things of that nature. But I, I think that Zach Carter, Chris Bogle, uh, you know, Jeremiah Moon has been playing spectacularly. Um, you know, obviously he's a linebacker, but, you know, he's playing in, you know, kind of that rushing linebacker position quite a bit. So, you know, I think the Florida, you know, their defensive tackles, I think, match up well against their center and their guards. And so um, I like Florida's chances. And, and that's the one area where I think that we we have a, a substantial um, advantage over their run blocking is not very good. If Florida can get in the backfield uh, and make some impact. But I, I think that that's Florida's probably biggest advantage. I think, I think I, that's the only position group I'd I say that. I agree. Um, I'm going to go with that one as well. I do want to see Brenton Cox come alive. I'm just not seeing it so far this year, man. Um, he's going to have to step up eventually here. I think Chris Bogle was my guy. Want, wanted to get more snaps um, in the preseason. I'm feeling that way even more now. I'm not saying he's playing bad, but um, for all the hype, I, I got to see more. He's going to have to definitely set that edge this week and not, not, not just be flying up the field. Um, so speaking about D line, I do want to see. I want to see Bogle start. I'm just going to throw that out there. I think he's playing very good. Cox has one tackle. Shot to Spence. That's just sent that stat. Wow, it's just not good. 
Um, you know, and Florida has an embarrassment of riches at that buck position uh, in terms of, you know, potential. Yeah, is he healthy? Because he has some healthy concerns too. So that's another question as well. Is Cox really healthy? If not, then they need to put in the people that are healthy and are making the impact, right? Um, you've got to use every advantage that you can to beat this Alabama team and if you can force Bryce Young to make passes or you can get into the backfield and try to tackle you know Trey Sanders who's a guy that is a name that you know Florida fans will, will know well shout out to his brother Umstead and his Jacksonville State team for beating FSU um, and former former Florida Gator great Umstead Sanders um, doing, the, doing the Lord's work yeah, but uh, at the end of the day, you know that that's where that's where Florida needs to win this game is by you know penetrating their their offensive line, getting to the cornerback, making tackles in the backfield, and forcing them to make mistakes and building off of of those mistakes. Right, you're going to need to cause turnovers. You're going to need to limit their big plays, and then you've just got to you've got to play mistake free football on offense. Yeah, you just can't, you know, like in baseball, you say, uh, you know, somebody drops like a foul ball. Um, you, you can't give teams extra outs. You can't give Alabama extra chances, whether it's, you know, even if it's just dropping an interception, you know, hey, good right. pass breakup. But when you're playing a team like Alabama, if you can get your hands, both hands on the ball, don't look for a pass breakup. Bring that, bring that down. And if you're mm -hmm. trading and you catch an interception, like just hit a knee, brother. Just hit a knee. We don't, we don't need you to get an ear hold again. Um I mean, he got rocked opening weekend. FAU, someone put their the crown of their helmet on, on, under his chin. Um, you got to, you got for Florida. You've got to figure out ways because I think, I think you're playing a team that has more talent than you um, on the roster. And, and when you're playing, you know, we talked about it. You know, Florida played the last two weeks, played a team that they had more talent than. You've got to play mistake-free football, and, and you've got to find some, some hidden yardage, whether it's uh, on punt return, kick return, um, or or, you know, creating turnovers. You're going to have to do that this week. How do you approach this game offensively, like strategy-wise? What's your game plan? you got to play your strengths. I mean, that, that's running the ball. That That's probably getting, you mm. know, uh, multiple, multiple. Isn't that today's strength too, though? Well, I yes. mean, it, it, it is, but you're going to try to come out and throw the ball over the yard. Like, I don't feel good about Emory Jones throwing the ball. 25 times against Alabama, uh, 30 times against Alabama. I think you have to find creative ways to get mat, uh, matchups that you like, um, whether that's through option, whether that's through um, shifting guys, motioning guys, pre-snap. You've got to find ways to get favorable matchups for your guys in the running game. Because um, if you're going to come into this game and try to throw the ball to beat Bama, you're going to be you know two and one on Sunday. That's how you got to be Bama, though. I don't think I don't, we're going to run yeah, down the I, don't, I think they're going to be explosive, and I think we're going to have to, like, stretch the ball down the field as well. Even if it's coming off a of play action, mm -hmm. uh, like you got that Copeland one-on-one -on -one situation, um, running quarterbacks create that those opportunities. So if we can separate and hit some things like that, that would be dope. But we're going to have to pitch it around the yard a little bit. Yeah, I don't I don't agree necessarily, Nick. I think that Florida, yes, needs to run the ball, but that's Alabama's – biggest advantage is their their ability to stop the run on on offense or on pardon me on defense um you know their their pass uh protection or pass rush has been i don't want to say suspect but you know has been less than what maybe you're used to now again you have to take this into consideration that you know they were up 27 and nothing at the end of the first half against miami and then they played mercer right but right. i think that if florida's going to win this game 
like you said, Silk, Florida's got to find a way to pass the ball and they've got to find a way to move the ball and get big chunk yards. Now that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, Hail Marys or, you know, four verts, but they've got to get, you know, bubble screens. They've got to get the, the ball to players in, in open field and they've got to chunk away at 10, 12, 15 yards because, you know, if Anthony Richardson's healthy and he plays, I think that he'll, he'll be successful running, but I don't know if he'll average 25 yards of carry like he has. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Emory Jones is going to average eight yards of carry like he's been. Right. Um, you know, so that's, that's where you have to win is by, by getting these chunk yards and then, you know, causing some havoc on defense and, you know, praying to the, to the good Lord above that the sky is orange and or the sky is blue and the, the sun's orange for a reason. Right. Yeah, if the sky is orange, we definitely <laughs> want to get there. <laughs> Listen, uh, I don't know about Dan, but I'm still not over Nick Saban leaving, uh, Leaving, leaving Miami. Uh, no, I think he's he a, dirty, a so I, dirty, rotten liar, and he should be banned from the sport. So, so, so when he rolls into town. I think the sky does turn red. That's just us. So, that's not nothing about your Jacksonville Jaguars. But I am appreciative of him developing Tua and Jalen Waddle and a number of other Alabama Crimson Tide players that play on my Miami Dolphins, who are leading the AFC East. The AFC East leading. Miami. <sighs> who's got to be? Who's got to be playing the game of offense for y'all? For y'all, we're gonna, get, we're gonna talk some defense after this. But who, who's gonna have to step up? We obviously the quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Um, who can help these quarterbacks out? Let's take some pressure off of five and fifteen. Who's gonna step up and you know uh, make some big plays? Let me or go with has let me, to. Let me go like uh, a little X factor, Malik Davis, and and uh, I think Dan mentioned you know not didn't look the as great running the ball. That's a guy you can get involved in the passing game. And someone mm-hmm. we even we even not joked about. We even talked about, hey, do you slide him into the slot? Can he do stuff like that? I think that's something they haven't really shown on tape yet. Um, maybe if you go back to, to last year, you can probably see some of it. Um, so, you know, it's not going to surprise Alabama, but you haven't seen it in the offense yet this year. Um, getting getting the running backs more involved in, in the passing game. If, if you guys are saying, hey, you, you're going to need to pass the ball to, to beat Alabama – can you get Malik Davis involved in that? Um, I think it would be shocking to see a ball thrown to a tight end at this point. Um, you know, so get Nick. We're about to get a shovel pass, baby. That, yeah. That's on the deck. Like, it's on the horizon. I don't know when we're going to get it, but Zip or somebody's going to get a shovel pass here soon. Um, and, and then maybe throw the kitchen sink at him. Some some trickery. Like I, like I was mentioning, too, you get two quarterbacks on the field at the same time, a double pass, something like that. Um you know, take your shot. I remember the last time Alabama was here. I don't think it was a trick play, but uh, was it Brantley? It must have been Brantley to the Bows. Um, first play like of the game. First play oh, of the game. Line, boy. <laughs> Soaks up. I told you. I yeah, told you. Reckless. And it didn't last long, but you can hit Alabama for plays like that. And like I said earlier, come with a game plan that keeps the fan base engaged. Like, mm-hmm. worst thing that can happen is. Turnover first, first, first drive. Alabama scores. Okay, fans, you know that that because it's going to be bumping. You know, you, you'll hear them. You'll hear them in Ocala um, when that when that ball is kicked off. But don't don't do something stupid and get behind ten nothing quick. Yeah, um, I think my my player is Jacob Copeland. I think that he's a guy that got uh, hopefully some confidence in him. Uh, was able to get a long touchdown uh, from Anthony Richardson. Um, had a had a big game. Um, you know, he had 
175 yards, two touchdowns, 35 yard average, carry that over. Um, you know, I don't think that he can run like that against some of these Alabama DBs, but you know, if you can get a hundred yards out of him, 110, uh, you know, there's, there's a huge opportunity for, for Jacob Copeland's coming out party. Um, but you know, Florida's going to need, you know, those chunk yards that we talked about and Jacob Copeland has the speed, he has the ability, you know, it's a matter of putting it all together. So uh, I'm going to go with Jacob Copeland. Uh, and then my, my other person is Demarcus Bowman. Uh, he's a guy that every time he touches the ball, it's a, it's an electric play. I averaged 11 yards a carry against uh, USF. I uh, had a good game against FAU, but there's just something magical when he touches the ball uh, that, you know, this could be his coming out party too. He's just very different than the running backs the Gators have. Yeah. I like, I like Copeland. That was going to be my guy, but I'm going to go with baby Hendo. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that can stretch the field. I think that the catch we had with Emory Jones was, was gas, man. We're going to need a lot more there. I think, um, Copeland may draw some double teams here and there. And I think uh, number three gets some one-on-one matchup, especially if the running game gets going. So I'm going to go with Xavier Henderson, man. Big game uh, on offense. I like Malik Davis, though. Malik Davis. Talking about guys. Trying to figure out ways that Florida beats Alabama. I mentioned special teams. Hendo's a guy that can, um, I've been impressed with um, mm-hmm. on punt returns. And right. um, hey, listen, take one to the crib, you know. Uh, that place will go nuts. Um, so I think I like that pick. I think it's me and you versus Daniel. We, we both like each other's picks. What else is new? <laughs> right, what, what, what about on defense? So, uh, Grantham dog. Like, this is this is future USC test. head coach Todd Grantham. I mean, only, only, only you know, that'd be a blessing. Um, I, <laughs> that'd be a blessing. It would, man. That's the only way we're gonna lose him. Yeah, uh, if we get another job. Yeah, but I. What do you think, man? Grantham is his first. This is gonna be his real first test this year. It's been a yeah. little iffy. It's hard to like gauge last game. A lot. I didn't like a lot of things uh, last game, but um, I like the front four. I like the activity of the pass rush. I like Perkins. I like Kyrie. Uh, what a beautiful interception by the no, five six one guy, man! I almost had my two. I think I bought one and a half, and then they got they called one of my interceptions back. <laughs> Yeah, no way it was one and a half because yeah. yeah. I think it was like it was like two yeah. and a half. So yeah, it, was one, it was one and a half, and I chose the one under. And I had trained. I sold one. on one and a half. You, you did. You bought. You bought two. So um, shout out to me for again a very accurate prediction. But yeah, this is gonna be a very a real good test for Grantham in that in that defense. We're calling that front four one of the best in the SEC. They're gonna have to be that for us to have a shot to win this game. Um, I'm not convinced that number two should be out there playing linebacker regularly you know i'm um, just not seeing it i'm not mm-hmm. saying he's playing bad but i don't see a linebacker flying around out there um so that is my concern on defense but how do we strategically attack this team outside of the passers we know we gotta get to the passer. that's the obvious mm-hmm. um yeah i mean you're talking at florida alabama you gotta start up front and i think um bama will obviously see that you know that quick passing game against FAU and USF and think hey we got better athletes than that we can do that kind of stuff to right. negate the pass rush but um I think that's when you got to as a defensive lineman like hey have some awareness to yourself and if I can't get there get my hands up at least get get a hand in the passing lane um knock a ball down make them make them start thinking hey maybe we can't do this go to something else um gotta get after Bryce at least make him feel you you know if you're not getting a stack at least be around him when he's releasing the ball and, and let him know I'm going to be here in the backfield no, every time you're dropping him back. A little bit. We got to rattle him big time. Like we can't, um, we can't have him get. Comfortable don't let him get comfortable. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 
Don't don't let him sit back there and think, man, I got all day to throw. This is nice. Um, so I think that's that's where it starts. And, and, and I mean, we haven't even talked about you know our concerns about that other cornerback spot, uh, you know, across from Kyrie yet. Mm-hmm. But said it before, the uh, secondary's best friends are good pass rush. So you've got to figure out a way to affect the quarterback. And I know I probably sound like Ty Grantham saying that you don't need nine sacks. You'll take it. You'll love it if you get them. Um, but just affect the quarterback. Don't let him feel comfortable. Um, and, you know, if I'm Zach Carter, hit him on the first play and let him know, like, hey, here's my business card. I put it in your pads. Uh, I'll be here if you need me. Yeah, being able to get home at with four is going to be important in this game. Mm-hmm. What you, what you, what's up, Dan? What you got? Yeah, no, I think I, you guys have, have hit the nail on the head. I think that getting to the quarterback is important, but I think definitely limiting their chunk plays, right? Um, we have question marks at star. We have question marks at CB2. Um, I think we know the players, Shadarius Perkins, but wherever he's not is where you have a question mark, right? So um, I think that you have to limit chunk plays. Uh, I think Alabama is good running the ball. I don't think that they're as good uh, as they have been in the past. I don't think that – um, you know, Trey Sanders is your, you know, your Najee Harris, right? Um, I think that if you can force them to run the ball, I, th- I think the Florida's front seven can contain uh, their running. Um, but I think that you've got to rattle Bryce Young. You've got to force him to make decisions and you have to create turnovers. That's the most important thing here. So you've, you've got to be, I think you've got to be aggressive uh, in getting after Bryce Young. You have to force them uh, to force them into passing downs. You have to be able to limit their ability to run the ball. They're a heavy run on first down uh, team. They don't throw a lot on first down. They don't even really throw a lot on second down. Uh, maybe they, they haven't had to, but you know, Alabama is not a team that's, that's airing it out um, early on uh, in the game. So are early on in their, their downs. So you have to force them to make throws and then you just have to pray to the good Lord Jesus that, you know, somebody else is, is able to take up, that, that other position and cause a turnover uh, or be able to, to limit their ability to get, you know, 30, 40, 50 yard plays. Cause that's where Alabama really, you know, hurt Florida last year in the SEC championship was they were chunking away at, at 20 and 30 yards at a time. So third game of the season, Alabama's first SEC game too. new quarterback offensive line. That's maybe not as good as they've, they've previously been. And you've just got to execute in every facet of the game to, to win this one. But, you know, I think you have to, to really force them to throw the ball. Yeah. Can, can you do that? I, I don't know, I mean, but that's what you have to do. Throw it now with like eight yards back. Then I'll like, I don't I, just, I think a lot of that's going to matter. I don't know, like, if we play in that same soft coverage. Um, I expect us to because I haven't seen anything different. And, I, like, I just don't see that being effective. I think we got to redirect some things and play a little bit more aggressive than, than Ty Grantham has shown the last two years. I think we've been playing a little passive, I would say. Um, I don't want to see any corner blitzes. Those, those they just never really work for us. Just things I don't want to see, man. I'm not trying to tell okay. anybody how to call calls, but what, what I've seen in the last couple of years that, that I don't see working tomorrow, um, we're going to have to be able to get home with four, rotate the defensive line, keep these guys fresh. A guy that I think needs to step up and, and kind of show who he is this game is Gervon Dexter. Mm-hmm. And you need to push some people around and, and, and show somebody he's one of the big, best defensive tackles in the country. It's time, big matchup. Um, and that's It's going to have to happen up front. Yep. Period. I think that I think that that's what this game boils down to, and it's 
it's doing doing the the right things right. I mean, it's it's getting good punts when you're going to punt the ball. You know, I thought that Crenshaw punted the ball. You know, pretty well, Nick. I'm getting some excited Come on, by this. Dan. Some, some Nick Bring excited it on over home here. here, Dan. Yeah, but you know, you're going to need to do that if you have a field goal opportunity. You're going to need to make sure that you you get those, and you've got to play nearly flawless football. It's maybe not the same flawless football you needed to play last year. Um, you know, Florida had some flaws and they lost that game, right? You play flawlessly and you win. So, uh, you know, Florida, you know, they, they have talent, you know, they're not devoid of talent. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to all come down to execution and, and the team coming to play and, and knowing what the stakes are. And I think you call this game differently if you're Dan, like, yeah, he's almost been allergic to, to, you know, kicking field goals and, and you've seen Florida turnover on downs a bunch of times. Um, listen, if, if, if Dan's inside the 15, he's going to go for it. <laughs> um, but I think you got to take some points if you're Florida this week. You know, if you're on, if you're on the 15 yard line um, and you got a fourth and fourth and five, kick the field goal, take three points. Mm-hmm. Like, stop turning on the, ball the pace over. of the game. If your defense not stopping them, you feel like you got to get seven to keep pace, then you kind of got to. So it just depends on how the defense playing, too, in that scenario. I, I I think yeah I agree with that but I think listen if Bam if you got a chance to score points on Bama unless they're just you know um, you know in, in a Corvette on the freeway against your defense moving the ball at will you know running up and down then <laughs> take some points <laughs> I, I can see it I, 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 <laughs> not far fetched Nicholas oh man. Uh, let me give a quick shout out before we forget to our friends over at Game Time Sidekicks. Visit GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM to get 10% off your order. If you are looking for tumblers, uh, bottles, jackets, sippy cups, whatever the case may be, check them out. Really great products. Uh, all a bunch of NFL teams, a bunch of customizations that they can do for, for you and your company. Uh, but anything related to, to college, golf, uh, the NFL, NFLPA, uh, check them out again. That's GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code Stadium. Get 10% off of your order. Um, do want to talk a, a, a little bit more about a few other things. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Jeremiah Moon this season, boys? I think that, I think he's a guy that we all were a little um, bearish on going into the season. Um, but so far, is Jeremiah Moon playing as the best linebacker on this team right now? Jeremiah Moon is having the season Jim Nagy always dreamed he would have. I mean, the, Jim Nagy's in charge of getting guys into the senior bowl. Um, mm-hmm. And I think other than Moon's family, Jim Nagy has been <laughs> Jeremiah's biggest fan uh, for the last six years. Um, I think, yeah, I, I would say he's, he's Florida's best linebacker right now through two games. Yeah, I think, yep. he's, playing, he think he's playing great football. Um I wasn't a big fan of that move on paper, uh, mm-hmm. but but he's playing well from the from the first snap. I was like, yo, he's he, like Moon's kind of active at linebacker. We'll see what it looks like this game versus yeah. uh, Alabama. Of course, it's going to be a different different level of competition, but um, it looks like a more natural position than he was at Buck. Yeah, surprisingly. So, shout out to him for finding him a spot. Yeah, ends up with the only sack the Gators get in that game. Uh, Tyron Hopper 
uh, led the team in tackles, uh, five uh, five tackles, one assisted tackle. Mahmoud Diabate was all over the field too, um, ends up with four tackles, three assisted tackles. Uh, so I think you're seeing a bit more. But another player I wanted to mention, we talked a little bit about him earlier, uh, was Rashard Torrance. Um, got some hate from uh, former ESPN writer Derek Tyson on the uh, on the timeline, who seemingly lives his life to hate Todd Grantham. But um, I thought Rashard Torrance has played really, really well this uh this season, uh, I thought he played well against uh, USF um, in pursuit and in uh, some some backfield tackles or close to the line of scrimmage tackles. Um, how do you guys think Rashard Torrance and, and Trey Dean are doing back there at safety? I think both are playing well, um, but I think we don't really think we haven't had a real vertical threat, so it's hard to really gauge. Yeah. But from what their assignment football, they're playing well. Coming up tackling, uh, they run in the alley, filling in like they're supposed to. Um, getting calls in they're not looking lost pre-snap um that from that aspect the defense is looking better we just got one spot that we really got to clear because it's a a gaping hole yeah but uh i think the secondary has been solid i just we just got that one spot that has been looking um pretty bad yeah we can share that spot up i think we'll be a lot better on the back end but i think dean and torrence have played very well Absolutely. Well, let's get into some other Gator news. Um, Gators grabbed a commitment last week from offensive lineman Jalen Farmer, six foot five, three hundred twenty-five pounds, from Eastside High School in Covington, Georgia. A three-star guy, uh, not ranked in the two fifty or, or ranked in the state rankings for the state of Georgia on rivals. Uh, had a few offers, East Carolina and Georgia Tech, but the Gators grab Jalen Farmer. Um, your thoughts? Any thoughts? Another project. Another uh, par for the course for the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not terribly mad at the kid at all. But <laughs> yeah, same person. We just, we just got. We just got a lot of those uh, in that room. Uh, obviously, we're underperforming at offensive line recruiting. This ain't about stars and and and, and them maybe being better. You know, better talent evaluators. It has nothing to do with that. Like, obviously, we're missing on our whole board, and we're reaching down for kids that that we wouldn't even recruit. Um, so so, man, eventually something's got to change at the spot. Um, shout out to the kid. No, it's not, it ain't his fault. He got an offer. Uh, I think I think I think he finishes blocks well. Um, I think he's gonna play guard on the next level. Big kid. He's yeah. probably gonna get more offers. Good size. Um, mm-hmm. Georgia Tech offer in there. I think he had like a Cincinnati offer, a little small, smaller uh, power five offer. So he ain't a terrible offer, but obviously we missed on a big part of our board. He had one play where he drove a kid all the way to the track. I thought that was really <laughs> dope. Yeah. So uh, so Jalen Farmer uh, joins the uh, Gators uh, team. Our department Gators uh, class. Uh, speaking of recruiting, the Gators have a wild, wild, wild play or uh, recruit list that's that's coming through uh, to this Alabama game. Of those are five stars: Evan Stewart and Jaheim Singletary. Uh, you have a rival, uh, Najee Kelly, uh, Kamari Wilson, maybe joining Quincy Wiggins, um, Azariah Thomas, uh, Jalen Glover, the kid out of um, Blake Gibson uh, that, that chose to go yeah, to Utah. Uh, uh, but Florida. Say what? No, I was just saying, yeah, the, the one that committed to Utah. 
Yeah. Um, a bunch of uh, commitments uh, obviously are coming. Uh, Nick Evers, Julian Humphrey, Isaiah Bond, Shamar James, Terrence Gibbs, Francois Knowlton, CJ Smith, Jamarian Burr, AJ Lightsley, and CJ Hawkins. Say the name everyone's everyone wants to hear, Dan. Is it Walter Nolan? That one. Yeah. Yeah. So um is is on the visitor list. Will he show up? I don't know. I, I, we used to joke about this uh, years back. Nobody other than Florida gets as many as like, yeah, I'm going to be there, and then no shows. So um, this list is loaded. This is this is the premier list, right? Um, I yeah. remember FSU a few weeks ago was was boasting about their their list after their um, the the big or the uh, the closest or their best loss in school history uh, against Notre Dame. This list blows that one to to shame. Uh, you know, just looking at uh, the list of, you know, there's, there's four potential or three, pardon me, potential five stars. There's four more potential rivals, one hundreds. There's a couple more rivals, two fifty. that doesn't include any of the commits the Gators have. Then there's what looks to be a list of about 20, 2023 prospects that are rivals, two fifties. Uh, and and the list really goes on. You know, their 2024 commit, Jared Gibson, quarterback. Colin yeah, 2025 Hurley. quarterback is going to be there. But Jared Gibson, uh, the Gators, you know, five-star running back from that class is going to be there. Uh, this list is as loaded as you're going to see uh, the Florida Gators get. Um, this is just – this is where you have the opportunity where if you don't win, you have to show the atmosphere. You have to make sure that you are bringing – an environment that these kids can see themselves playing in. Uh, Are there kids that are coming because it's a free trip? Probably Um, getting a free ticket uh, to go to the premier game. uh, Week three is, is certainly attractive, but this is your opportunity where you have to make that impact. You can't get guys to come in unless you get them on campus. This is your chance. You have them on campus to make an impactful, you know, impactful day. So that goes all the way from, you know, the Gator walk actually it goes to before that it goes about two hours before that. Uh, Cause you know, most of these guys are going to come on about four hours before. So it's going to deal with the food and registration and what that experience and atmosphere is like. It's going to go to Gator walk. It's going to go to these coaches, you know, talking to the players before the game. It's going to be their interactions after the game. It's going to be the mm-hmm. atmosphere of the stands. Everything is a part of this for these unofficial visitors. So, you know, fans and those that are going to be at this game realize that you're part of this experience that you're going to give this, unbelievably star-studded list. I don't know when the last time the Gators had a list like this. And, and let me ask you this. So um, in, in the summer, I want to get both of y'all's take on this. In the summer, everyone we talked to was, yeah, I'm coming OV for the Florida-Bama game. Obviously, that's you know the, the premier matchup um, on the Gators' schedule. Florida made the decision to not do official visits this week. So these are all unofficial visits. And I want – I want to know what your guys' take is on that. Uh, and I think it's smart. After. Yeah, I think you're too busy, man. It's a big game week. The coaches don't have time to really, like, cater to you and spend the time because they're prepping for a big game. You know, this is a top-10 ma- matchup or laughing however you want to, like, size it up. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's smart. Like, they come in, just enjoy the atmosphere, uh, the girls in short skirts, um, let their family enjoy the vibes of the city. 
loud crowds and you know um they already got their, their official visits in the summer or they'll do it later where they get all the information and yeah. really see the campus and they can watch film and do all that type of stuff so and i think you avoid getting taken advantage a little bit of nick um you know this could be a game where florida could shell out hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and visits not saying that florida can't afford it because they can um but it, it avoids that that needed you know necessary attention on maybe somebody that's just looking to fly out their family to, you know, the mm-hmm. premier game, you know, these are kids that are going to have to, you know, spend their own money. I put that in quotation marks and coming here, um, you know, for this game. So I think that that's, that's a good, uh, to me, that's a good strategy. You know, it shows that those that want to be there are going to find themselves away. And maybe this is a way that you weed out some of those guys that you're on the fence with that, you know, have the means to make and the ability to, to make it that, that, that choose not to, because it's not a, you know, free flight, free hotel and, and everything else. I love it. Um, Cause I mean, you look at the list, it, it wasn't like changing from officials to unofficials made the list any worse. Like guys are still wanting to come to this game and listen, you're going to get a free ticket as an unofficial visitor. You're, you're still going to get in into the games in that South end zone. Um, so for Florida, this can be your best environment. You're still going to get kids into the stadium and now, like you kind of said, you maybe weed out the ones who are serious who aren't, but you also have another opportunity to get them on campus for maybe a game they wouldn't have been going to. Maybe now yeah. you can get a kid on an official visit for the FSU game uh, or, or for next week for the Tennessee game when it's like, hey, you know, we can come out. I don't love official visits for games, kind of like what Silk touched on. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't get that, that one-on-one time, that hands-on time with the coaching staff because they, they're doing their job. Um, to try to win a football game. I think you get a much better visit. Uh, and maybe this is something Lee Davis has talked about, you know, with you guys on, on the mm-hmm. podcast, you know, before I was here, you get a much better visit in terms of interactions with coaches out of the season. And now you're not yep. going to get that game day experience. Um, and for as much as we rag on Dan and, and this staff for recruiting, I think this is a really good play because you look at that list that, you know, that, that you just ran through, you're not missing the names that you really want to be in, in the stands for this game. And yep. I think it opens up another opportunity for you to bring them in later on in the year for an official visit, whether that's for a game or, you know, right after the season um, where you can get, you know, that, that, you know, close interaction with the coaches. Yeah. yeah no. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, Nick, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, Florida between this class uh, and next class, you have what 500 members of the rivals, 250 combined, mm. you know, Florida is going to have, more than 50 of them. So you're going to have 10% of the rivals 500 for 2022 and 2023 on campus, which is, which is an incredible feat. And again, like I said, this is your opportunity to make that impact. Go ahead. So. Yeah. And like the average fan probably like, Oh, what if Bama blows us out? Right. You, you don't care about that. Like you just want them there for the atmosphere, the, the full city, the vibes. You want them to get Gainesville on full tilt. Uh, the whole experience, uh, you know, the game day experience, regardless of like the outcome of the game, yep. uh, win, lose, or draw, you want them to take in the atmosphere. Absolutely. And we talked a little bit about this with Ahmad, you know, and obviously, you know, my four years I spent on the recruiting staff as well. Um, obviously, you want to see a win. The atmosphere is different. The the coaching staff is different. They're a little looser. Everybody's a little bit more excited, you know, but, but fans care a lot more about the outcome of the game than a lot of these prospects do, right? They want to feel a certain type of way when they're interacting with coaches. They want to, you know, take in the atmosphere. So you go in, you have a close game, you know, that doesn't, I don't think a loss, neg, you know, deleteriously or uh, uh, negatively um, affects this um, 
you know, team uh, or, or pardon me, these recruits. So, um, you know, so I think you, you, you come in, you, you have everything lined up, you, you have your, um, your compliance paperwork in order and you, you know, bring around some Gator greats. I'm, I'm sure that this is going to be a who's who's list of, you know, Gator legends that are there interacting, you know, give them a good experience. And, you know, like I said, you can only get these guys to commit if you get them on campus. So. Follow the visits, not the tweets. That's that's right. That's right. Um, hey, is Walter Nolan uh, committed? Didn't he say he was going to do that when he got like twelve thousand followers? Uh, who knows, man? He's just—I mean, he—he's playing. He's playing it up. He's—he might be a you know a six-figure NIL guy by the time he actually steps on S- campus. Seven, eight. Might as well just start setting it up now. And make his yeah. recruitment twelve. I would just like start my thing bidding. Yo, y'all start bidding now, man. <laughs> oh, go fund. I love a little reverse yeah, go yeah, fund. Yeah, yeah. Like compete that way. Bid for me. Flatter. Oh man. Um, all right, boys. Let's get into uh, our prize pick section in our over under. Uh, we'll have to get. Um, a, a list of where we sit at over under right now, see how much money um, Nick's lost. But uh, as always, this section of the show is sponsored by our friends over at Prize Picks. Use promo code SG, get a dollar for dollar match all the way up to 100 bucks uh, with your daily fantasy picks. Uh, you can do some really cool things where you can bet, or pardon me, you can wager on over unders uh, for passing yards of an NFL QB and a Gators running back. You can do a lot of really cool stuff. So visit prizepicks.com. Shout out to all of you that have joined. We're, we've got a huge slew of you that, that have joined over the next few weeks, or pardon me, over the last few weeks. And um, stay tuned for some more uh, additional news about our friends over at Homefield, by the way. Anyway, all right, boys, let's get into over under. Gators are leading the country right now in rushing yards, about 366 yards a game. Over under the Gators are able to get 250 against Alabama. You muted that, uh, Nick. Yeah, Nick's been talking this whole time to himself. Oh, man. Uh, Shoot. When was the last time Alabama – you know what? Bye. I'm on. I'm on Silk's energy this week. We're there buying. it is. We're buying. We're going over. Over two fifty. Might be two fifty one. Uh, two fifty one. That is easy money if ARs. Yeah, I'm buying it. Let's go. <laughs> I'm buying it. I'm gonna buy Big it. Big rolls, baby. Silk reached out. For, Silk reached out for a loan this week because I've been sitting on <laughs> sitting on all the money for uh, for our buy sell segment. No, no, listen, no. I think the Gators have talent. I, mean, I think Emory Jones is going to get yards. I think Anthony Richardson is going to get yards. I think Anthony Richardson is going to play. Um, I think it might limit how much he plays, but I think he's going to play. Yeah. All right, with that being said, over under 250 yards passing by the Florida Gators. Under. Over. Silk's, Silk's got the Gators for six fifty on Saturday. Yeah, man. I, I'm gonna. Oh, geez. I'm gonna sell, but not by much. I think the Gators get about two twenty five. All right, guys. Gators get six sacks. We're gonna, get, we're gonna get over that because we either gonna be chasing them people <laughs> or we're gonna be having a good <laughs> boat race game. Silk, Silk is I think either way we get that production. I mean, you you or, you just put Florida at five hundred yards against Bama. Ah, uh, this is yeah. Because uh, I think like. It's going to be like a, that type of game. Like they're explosive as well. So if the way I envision our defense not being able to stop their offense, um, I think we're going to get a lot of opportunities to get production. 
I also think it might be a little bit of a hedge. You know, you get 250 rushing, 250 passing. If they get one, so it could be like, see, I told you they would get for 250 yards that. doing this. Yeah. Listen, big lies in the air. Yeah. All right, guys. Analyze my lies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Gators get six sacks in game one, only end up with one sack in game two. Alabama obviously, you know, has a not as strong as an offensive line as they normally have. Buy or sell the Gators get three and a half sacks or more. I'm selling three and a half. That's a lot. Yeah, selling that too. I'm going to buy. I think that they get four. Mm. Yep. All right. And then finally. Damn, rub his face like like Birdman. <laughs> That's right. By the way, if you're not checking us out on YouTube, being able to check us out uh, as we, we react to each other's nonsense every once in a while, visit us at YouTube.com. Uh, Subscribe at Stadium and Gale. Uh, that's where right, you can get the show. To, uh, yeah, shout eight to, hours go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Shout out to Alec, too, for the, the, the IG videos and stuff, man. I'm just hit. I like it. Uh, check us out on Alec. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all those places. It's The content slaps. Is the that content does slap, can? Nicholas. All right. Uh, got nothing La- to soak. It does last, not last buy or sell. We've, we've said that this game is going to come down to turnovers. Buy or sell the Gators gets two plus. So two and a buying. half turnovers or more. <laughs> He's just buying. buying no matter it, what baby. Say it ain't tricking if you got it, Nick. Mm. Uh, if, if Florida's going to win no. the game, they have to get that number. Uh, they do not get to that number. I sell. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell. I think that they get two, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what my prediction is about this game. Let's get into game day predictions. Nick, we're gonna start with you. The over under right now. We'll do it this way. The over under is sixteen. Or pardon me, over under is fifty nine. The plus minus is Gators plus sixteen and a half today. You buy or sell fifty nine points. And do you buy the Gators covering? And then do you buy the Gators beating Alabama? So three answers. Uh, buying Florida covers the spread. Buying the over for for the game. Selling Florida winning this game. Hmm. You I'm buying all three, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying all three, man. Um, yeah, I'm buying over 59. Uh, of course, we covering the spread because we finna win in the swamp, baby. Silk, Silk's telling you can't, you. you can't just come down here and think everything about to be pe- peaches in. You know what I'm saying? Sunday at the beach. We this is not the beach. It's not that part of Florida. Well, you're not helping the, the recruiting efforts. This is a swamp. I, I got. You. Swamp. I, see, I see what you're getting at. Okay. Yeah, not, it's not, right, that so, vacation, <laughs> not that type of vacation, baby. Not that type of vacation, Nick. Silk's betting recommendation is Gator money line. Don't even. No, this is even, not a, a me recommend recommending okay. uh, bets. Segment. This is not a betting show, Nick. Okay, I'm just asking. This, this, is, this is Homer Simpson <laughs> time. <laughs> what kind of nonsense is Nick, Nick think we're running yeah. over? You know. Don't tell nobody to go gamble with my with my passion. <laughs> yeah. As a reminder, we are betting Fanatic with fake. shenanigans. Stadium and Gale Shekels is what we got to deal with. These are make believe over and unders and um, <laughs> and not real money. 
Let's clarify a few things. We are not buyers here on the real dollar bills. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that the Gators cover 16 and a half. Uh, I'm gonna sell. I, I do think the Gators lose by by seven or or ten points. Uh, but I do buy um, the the over at, at 59. I think there's gonna be a lot of points scored uh, in this game. Uh, I think somewhere to the effect of you know. 45 35 uh somewhere in that range um you know i think the gators put up a good fight and i think that the gators could win uh but uh you know it's gonna be tough you gotta play gotta play flawless football oh, man, and i'm not I'm seeing the them play flawless football show, yet man. I'm the only real one on this show. <laughs> hey man i'm uh i'm here for it i'm here for a florida win i'm i'm not predicting it though well then you're not Just so y'all know i might predict the win every week so i don't like don't expect anything out of that Anything less for me. Yeah, this show um, is not about uh, you know truly forecasting and accurately talking about the game. We are we are here to get our lies off, but also to give you unbiased coverage. I mean, they kind of get the gist of it in our coverage. You can't read <laughs> in between the lines. <laughs> I mean, it didn't sound like we were gonna come in and just like you know, like we gotta things gotta happen for us. Like we gotta be very fortunate. So like I just think like you can get loud and we can make some things happen with a young quarterback that's not that that experience on the road. So that's I'm just tipping my hat on that, man. Um we'll see what's up. Silk has the Gators by by one point. But that's all Absolutely. <laughs> as long as it's a W, man. That's right. A win well, would be man. huge, man. A win would be that huge. Would be, we'll that we'll would be see huge. what's up. Uh let's get a manscaped battery and then you got the song of the week and let's take us out. Shout out to the great folks at manscaped.com. I found my charger. I am back rolling with the lawnmower 4.0. Everything's thriving and driving, Daniel. Oh, very good. Smooth <laughs> sellings, man. Smooth as eggs. Like a baby's <laughs> bottom. Uh, you, I used it in the showers. I was on vacation uh, in Orlando. Nice hotel suite. Got in there. Charged up there because I didn't. I found the charger in one of my old suitcases. I was like, oh, shoot, there it is. Yeah, took it on vacation somewhere. <laughs> So charge it up at the hotel, got it going, crunk her up, smooth, in the shower, no snacks, didn't get electrocuted, no weird stuff, man. Lawnmower 4.0, uh, be sure to get that ball deodorant, it's still hot in Florida. I don't think summer ends for like another three weeks here, so keep that ball deodorant on deck. Use but that'd be a up. wild way to die, getting electrocuted in the shower, shaving your balls. Oh my that'd be, that'd, God. That'd, that'd be a tough obituary, you know? People would laugh at your funeral a little bit. Leave cause of death out there. Maybe manscape maybe manscape would sponsor the funeral. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna call it, we're just gonna say natural you can't causes. Just you send know? me uh <laughs> some ball deodorant if I just died then, uh Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna fix everything at all. I know, they don't they don't do like break on the ball deodorant over yeah. the casket. Oh <laughs> man. He lived he lived his life fast. Be sure to use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. I got the song, right? You sure do. Where's my, where's my cell phone? Oh, and, and while you look at that, shout out to University of Florida. Uh, U.S. News and World Report came out with their rankings uh, yesterday top five, top evening. Five, top five. The Florida Gators are the number five public school in the country. Uh, that has been their mission for a decade. Um, you know, when I was there, UF was, I think, 13 or 14, somewhere around there. Uh Kent Fox has put it on his radar to be a top five school. The Gators get that. So congratulations to the University of Florida, uh, a premier academic institution. So uh, congratulations to the University of Florida. That uh, that piece of paper you got from the University of Florida keeps getting uh, more and more expensive, Dan. That's right. 
more and more valuable, I should say. Yeah, more and more valuable. I'm about, more to more have a, about to have a second one. So, um, he's doubling up on it. Double Gator. I'm going to take us out with Shelly FKA Dram cooking with grease. A little RB, man. Oh, mellow it out. What was the, new, the name of the artist? For me. Uh, Dram. Uh, Shelly FKA Dram. Okay. Very good. All right, boys. Same quarter, same time next week after a Gator victory. Same corner, same time, man. Y'all boys enjoy Gainesville. Make it loud and obnoxious up there. Uh, get that elephant up out the room. We need to put a gator in that room, you know? Let's make something happen. Same corner, same time, fellas. Already. Same, same time. See you guys. He's got you tied in your eyes and crossing your teeth. Got you cleaning your dirt before it gets back to me. It's got you dying your